Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. This is Marcy, and I will be hosting today. Along with me, I have Kim and Katie. Hey, ladies, how you doing? Good morning. Good, Marcy. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm actually surprised that (laughs) that I'm functioning because I was in Florida Thursday through Sunday, at the nutrition dynamic company retreat. So everyone knows my, my coach Vince, his company, nutrition dynamic, they held their first annual company retreat in St. Petersburg. So I was invited to that. It was an amazing time, but it was such a whirlwind and, you know, going from California to Florida, having to be there at a specific time, I had to get in at like three o'clock. The only flight that I could find was at five 15 in the morning, which meant Mm -hmm. I had to set my alarm for three. And of course my body woke me up at two 30, like mm-hmm. wide awake. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So very little sleep. And then same thing on the way home, I had to wake up, which was essentially two 30 in the morning, California time to catch my flight. And we were just going all weekend. So I was really thinking that I was just going to be a zombie yesterday, but I'm feeling good, raring to go. So you yeah, are so and, fancy, Marcy. You look stunning. Like your, oh, your dress, you. your hair. Like, I mean, I'm sure you were saying important things, but all I could do was look at you. Oh, <laughs> in I, your I wasn't really saying anything important, but <laughs> oh, well, in that post, I guess I said something important. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got a lot of compliments on that dress that I was wearing, which yeah. is a very last minute buy. I bought it on Wednesday when I had to be <laughs> at the airport on Thursday. So oh, wow. yeah, luckily like we have some cute boutiques in my hometown. So I went in there and it caught my eye and the woman, she was lovely, but she was so pushy. Like here, you need this necklace. You need these earrings. You need uh, I'm like, No, I don't. I just need the dress. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she's like, well, what shoes are you going to wear? I, was like, I have no idea. I said, like, well, you need a, you know, a nude or a gold. And I said, well, I don't have that. Well then go to Nordstrom. I said, I literally have a half an hour before <laughs> I have to be, you know, what at my next thing. So I don't, huh? What did you end up wearing for shoes? Oh, so this former client of mine, when I was training in person has a very extensive wardrobe and she was, I guess, cleaning it out one time. And she gave me some of the stuff that either doesn't fit her, that she doesn't wear anymore. She gave me these Prada, these black strappy Prada shoes that are lovely. They were literally sitting in my car for two years, not two years, yeah, yeah, yeah. not two years. I never put them on. So this woman's like, well, you know, I mean, you could wear black depending on what it is. And I said, I got the shoes in the car. I'll show you what they look like. So fortunately she's like, oh yeah, those will work. But she was telling me to go on to Nordstrom online and have them shipped to the hotel. And it's like, oh, that no. sounds like a bad plan. <laughs> Too much. Not Too that much. big of a deal. People are not going to be paying attention to me. I'm not really here to impress, but it worked out. It worked out very well. And yeah, it was fun to, to get dressed up, to put makeup on. And I have not done that in a very long time. So again, my, I should not have bothered to get my hair done because that humidity, humidity. uh, it lasted about five minutes and then it was a nightmare. Uh, So, but yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, and I think that is about it, but I will say if I could harness the energy 
and the productivity that I had the night or the day before that trip mm. and, and bottle it and sell it, I would be a millionaire because <laughs> have you, and you know that feeling like you have so much to do and you're so excited that you just like you're running on adrenaline and everything feels like it's flowing and you're checking the boxes. Yeah. I felt like that yesterday, except I feel like I checked zero boxes. Like some oh. days I'm like that where I'm like, okay, did that, did that. But it's almost like little fires everywhere. And it was kind of the, it felt like the opposite of productivity for me just because things kept popping up. And I, I, I felt it good about the fact that it was like, okay, this ball got lobbed at me and I just knocked it out of the park. And it was like one after another, after another, it was just that kind of day, except when I sat down at the end of the day and looked at my to-do list to just kind of get ready for today, I was like, oh my God, I can cross exactly zero things off this mm-hmm. list. Cause all I did was field incoming things that popped mm-hmm. up. It was not, it was not my best laid day, but I ended up getting a lot done. I just feel like I didn't get like credit for it because it wasn't crossable yeah. off my list. I hate that feeling. <laughs> yes. Yes. How about that, you, that Kim? Is frustrating for sure. Kim, what about you? What's what's new and exciting? Uh, I just got back from my girl's trip to Tennessee. We went to my friend's lake house, had a great time. Beautiful, beautiful lake and the leaves all around. We really didn't do much. That was the plan. We wanted to just hang out in the house and go for walks. And we ended up watching uh, I binge watch. I very rarely watch a lot of TV, but we started watching the series Yellowstone. I don't know. How if you guys was it? That. And um, we're partway through season two. <laughs> so it was a lot of TV watching. It's really good. It's really good. What network I, is that on? Uh, I think we got it on. I think it was on Amazon. I think we bought it, it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. I have no okay. idea. I keep hearing things about Yellowstone. I'm curious. If you like cowboys, if you like like adventure. Uh, is good. It's good stuff. So yeah. that's what my I, weekend I saw was. like the first half of episode one and that was about it. So I'll have to go oh, back. Oh, really? Uh, Katie, uh, your ZPO bars were a big hit there. I brought them. You Everybody shared them. Yes, Thank I brought you. them. All the ladies liked them. One wanted the recipe for your no protein ones. She's like, I don't Yay. even really do protein powder. So I give that. She's going to try those out for me. I was going to make those today, but you know what I have sitting on my kitchen right now? I have the batter for the regular ones. Cause I really liked them. Great. And I liked the amount of protein on in those, those, those were delicious. I can't oh, stop talking thanks. about it. I'm sure pretty soon. Somebody's going to be like, you've got to stop saying this. <laughs> okay. Stop saying it. Thank you. I, I think talking that's, about them. that's why I think I probably have created so many variations of them because I can't, I keep going back to them, but I'm like, and they keep working by the way, which is bizarre because it's like, they started with, you know, no, no veggies. And then I created one with zucchini. And then I'm like, you know, what about cauliflower? That would be crazy if that actually worked. And it did. And then there was a big call for, okay, but I'm over here not wanting to use protein powder. Could that possibly work? Mm-hmm. And so that's what the new book is really anchored by on, on the cover photo is the no protein one. And honestly, ladies, that one is my favorite. Everybody asks me all the time for my favorite. And that one has got to be my favorite now. Um, in terms of taste, probably because I've stepped away from using protein powder because I just don't need it. Mm. And so I really enjoy the purity of that. The fact that there's coconut flour in there, it's so grain-free. I'm, I'm dabbling and, and, and gluten-free to see how I feel right now. So those have been like really instrumental in like in supporting me, my day. So thank you for trying and sharing that Kim. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So one quick question, and then I'm going to segue into the topic of today's episode, which I think goes very nicely with what you said about 
trialing out Mm gluten-free. So first question, because I know that you top your ZPO bars with the cocoa butter in a jar. Cocoa bar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, Thank you. Uh, Which is legitimate crack, by the way. (laughs) Just about. Highly. Well, I'm like, do I highly encourage it? Uh, I do, but (laughs) be careful because it is delicious. I know. Monique came out with a new flavor, which I have not sampled yet, but it's amaretto. Amaretto. Mm Mm-hmm very good for this time of year. I'm curious how it is. That is one of my favorite flavors. I have not yet ordered it, but yeah. Is it good? If it's your favorite flavor, you are going to love it. It is not my favorite flavor. I don't love, like there's a cherry component. Like it's like, to Mm. me, amaretto is like this almond cherry component. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big, people don't like this. I'm not a big fruit person. Like I don't really like fruit in general. I'll eat berries, but if there's like, I've never liked like a chocolate covered strawberry or um, like any sort of fruity desserts aren't my, aren't my jam. And so for me, the, the peanut butter cup is number one on the zucchini pumpkin oat bars. And the iced oatmeal cookie is number one on the cauliflower oat bars. I don't know why, but that's how, mm. that's how it goes for me. And those two flavors are neck in neck for me. And then she has three other flavors too, all of which are delicious, but it comes down to like, what's your jam? Like, is it a, is it a brownie with walnuts? Is it thin mints? Ooh. Is it amaretto flavor? Cause like, if that's your favorite flavor in general, you're going to love that one most because the amaretto is outstanding. It's just not my personal favorite flavor. Got it. Interesting. I would not have thought it would have a fruity undertone, but to me it does. You know what? I, I, I like have this sensory evaluation I do with everything I eat with food. It's probably from my wine background. Like I was never able Mm. to just like enjoy a glass of wine without going through the sensory evaluation. And so I do that with food too, um, for better or for worse. And so I think that's why I pick up things that maybe someone else might not. Guys, I don't even know what amaretto is supposed to be. I've heard the word and I don't even know what it is. Almond base. Or have you ever had almond extract or tasted like a sugar cookie? That unique flavor in a sugar cookie comes from the almond extract. And that is like that, that's amaretto. That's where amaretto is sourced as well. Right. Okay. Well, and some sugar cookie recipes do not have the almond extract in them. And I think that is not a good call because <laughs> the almond not extract makes the dough. And by the way, sugar cookie dough is so much better than sugar cookies, which speaking of gluten-free, Marcy cannot eat sugar cookies, have not <laughs> had one for probably 20 years, but because oh, of the God. Component, so, I know so sad, but I do want to we're, I'll wrap all this up in a sec, but I do want to get, <laughs> Wait, I have to tell you what I found when I Googled amaretto in case other people want to know, it does say it's made from the pits of almonds and apricots, lending mm. a distinct almond flavor with subtle cherry undertones. Interesting. Oh, so that, okay. That's oh, good. To know. Know. Katie. I wasn't totally yeah. off base. Okay. Uh, but so I do want to get almond extract and add it to my protein smoothies, maybe my protein hot chocolate. Cause I do mm. love that almond flavor. And then the other thing, and I am not a Starbucks connoisseur. I have very strong opinions that Pete's coffee is way better than Starbucks. However, they have that sugar cookie syrup right now. And I do think I'm going to give that a try. That sounds They're very touchy. out. I went there yesterday and I was, I I'll tell you what, I don't go to Starbucks very often, but when their holiday cups come out, I am such a I don't know what it is. It's the marketing. Like I just want to hold that cup <laughs> and then they put something in it. And I'm like, this is so disappointing. I, I mean, they did, they didn't have the sugar cookie syrup. Cause that was what I was there to try. And so I had her make something else for me. And I was like, 
this is disgusting. This is like flavored warm milk and I'm not here for it. Like oh. I'm someone who drinks coffee black, so I don't need a coffee cocktail as much as I mm. love like a peppermint oh. mocha. I, I, it's just, it's not for me. And so anyway, like it was not my jam when I went, but I didn't get, to, I went for that and I didn't have it. So okay. you'll well, let me know. The end of, before the season is over, I'm going to give it a try just to see. Yes. So anyway, uh, okay. Well, segueing into the topic of conversation, we are going to be discussing biofeedback. So if you are not familiar with what that is, it is essentially the signals your body is sending and how it is communicating with you on really a moment to moment basis. So one thing I always say is your body is always talking to you respect it enough to listen. And I feel like in today's society, when we are so stressed out, we're go, go, go. We do not take the time to slow down and really check in. How am I feeling? What is going on internally? What are those signals that my body is sending to me that I really do need to listen to? Because it's essentially the the guide as to if what I am doing is working, if I need to make some adjustments. And if you're constantly overriding those signals, like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm not going to pay attention. Then you could really be doing your, yourself a disservice when it comes to one, reaching your goals or two, just protecting your overall health. So Katie, I am going to start with you because I know you are a big proponent of biofeedback. We talk about this quite often. Mm -hmm. So what is your experience with tracking your own and perhaps what you've learned from it? I really dug into tracking my biofeedback almost exactly a year ago from this moment. I went into a functional practitioner's office and was trying to figure out why on the exact same calories and the exact same workout regimen and the exact same rest, I was suddenly losing muscle and gaining fat. I had gotten a DEXA scan and I was like, gosh, these numbers don't, aren't, aren't, aren't very reassuring to me, especially as like a 41 or 42 year old woman who's, you know, already prone to losing muscle just based on nature. And, and to see it happen when I felt like I was doing all of the same things I'd been doing for two years, like, please, what's happening? Somebody tell me. And it turns out, basically I was just tracking the wrong stuff. Like I was looking at my watch, I was closing my rings, I was hitting my macros, but I wasn't doing things like really digging into like, why is my sleep so messed up? Um, why is my digestion kind of failing me here? Why um, do I, why can I not handle it when like small things pop up and I sort of lose my mind? Like I stepped in something wet and I wanted to cry, like things like that. And I think it was because I was literally tracking the wrong things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you start tracking? I started tracking things like, well, the first thing I did was go out and get an aura ring because I like easy buttons and I'm not saying this is the answer for people, but I realized that I was relying on a device like my watch that really wasn't all that accurate. Not only that, but it wasn't tracking what I really needed to support. I really needed support tracking. And so the, these um, device, there are devices out there like the whoop, like the aura ring that target things like your sleep, because I wanted to know what was happening when I went to sleep. Cause I felt okay. I was sleeping for the, I, I was sleeping and then I'd wake up and I didn't understand why. And so 
the point of getting a ring like this was to begin to track trends. So I could see like, how is it looking week over week and month over month? The same way I was tracking things like, you know, scale weight and measurements and that kind of thing. I just needed to apply it to things like my sleep and then really think about, um, you know, how does it relate to my just my digestion perhaps like on a night when I get really good sleep, am I feeling less bloated the next day? Am I feeling less triggered to eat crap the next day? And those are the kind of things that I began to look toward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I know for me, when it comes to my client check-ins, I have been tracking biofeedback for, I mean, as long as I can remember. So I have them look at sleep, mm -hmm. stress, hunger, energy, cravings, recovery, mood, and for lack of a better word, motivation, but that like desire to get into the gym to, you know, do the things that they need to do to move forward. And then also you were mentioning as well. And I think this is something that goes so overlooked, but is vital to your health is your digestion. And then also as a female, your, your menstrual cycle, like yeah. that is the report card as to whether or not your body is functioning on an optimal level. And if any of those things are you know, impacted and not necessarily like, okay, one day my digestion is off. Maybe I ate something that didn't agree with me, or I didn't get a good night's sleep. But like you said, Katie, viewing the general trends over time, because let's say that we are in a fat loss phase and that is a stressor on the body. So yes, it is a, it's a, you know, good stressor if you have the goal of changing your body composition, but it is a stressor nonetheless. And we are always adding to our proverbial stress bucket. So, mm -hmm. you know, internal stressors, the things that we're thinking about environmental stressors, and then adding a deficit and intense exercise on top of that while needed is still a stressor. So if you are starting your deficit in a good place, you know, you're feeling optimal, which you really should be. So by the way, tangent here, side tangent, if you, if your biofeedback, so when we're talking about all this stuff is not in a good place now, I would strongly encourage you not to start a fat loss phase. Mm -hmm. So start eating more, start, you know, prioritizing sleep, stress management, make sure you are feeling really good because it is just inevitable that biofeedback will likely start to suffer a little bit the longer you go into that fat loss phase, again, because it is a stressor on your body. So not saying that like things are always going to be perfect, but if it's like throwing up major red flags left and right, then that's something to pay attention to. And then you can adjust course as a result. Mm -hmm. So Kimmy, how about you? What's your take on so biofeedback and your experience? I typically pay attention to for myself and for my clients. Um, and most of the people I work with are more often than not, either wanting to do a weight loss phase or are currently in one. And so the things we pay attention to are hunger, energy, craving, sleep, and mood. And here's where it gets dicey though, ladies, the women I work with are all women in perimenopause and menopause. Mm. What can be really affected by uh, perimenopause and menopause, all of those things. And so mm -hmm. it can be tricky making decisions about like what you just said, Marcy, like, okay, we really shouldn't be starting a fat loss phase if all of these things are kind of all over the place. So what would that would mean for some of these women, a lot of them, like they would just never be an appropriate time. Mm. And so what we work to do is try and mitigate the impacts of these things because, and make the best decisions we can. Like if somebody has been in a fat loss phase for a long time and they've got kind of a, a new 
set of biofeedback that's just not looking a good trend. One of the things we could evaluate is like, okay, maybe it is time for a diet break. But for a lot of these women, those things are all over the place all, all the time, right? Like their mood, like that's one of the big things we notice in perimenopause is all over. Like we're crying, we're happy. We don't know what's going on, you know, and energy. Wow. That one takes a big hit. That's one of the, one of the things people notice a lot. Um, you know, it's just kind of par for the course and sleep. I mean, insomnia and hot flashes, it's just, it, it's kind of a messy puzzle for those of us in perimenopause. Um, so it's just like an added layer of confusion, trying to help um, use biofeedback to make decisions. Not that we can't do it, but it's, it's trickier. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that totally makes sense. I think it's a very good point. However, I guess what I would say about that is, okay, let's say that a woman comes to you who is in perimenopause, who is in menopause. She wants to pursue a fat loss goal and she has been under eating for a very long time. So perhaps there's some metabolic adaptation there. Uh, I guess in that state, I would suggest, I would encourage her to, okay, let's reverse your calories up to maintenance just so that you are in a better spot to enter a fat loss phase. And then we will track biofeedback from there. And if it's getting worse, then we know that we need to make some adjustments. Yeah, for sure. I have to tell you, it's rare that I've had somebody come to me under eating. It's just not really a thing that the the clients I attract do. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of the women I work with have been in a deficit mindset for a very long time, maybe years, but actually having been in a deficit is usually not the issue. Mm. Oh God, we, that could be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll note that deficit mindset, but not yeah. actually yeah, that's deficit, a good one, which is so discouraging for yeah. sure. So Katie, let's go back to you and talk about the, the fitness trackers, because I have had an Apple watch. I don't think I've worn it now for two years and it was, I was really only using it to track steps, to look at text messages and phone calls and the time and, you know, all that Mm. kind of stuff. So it wasn't, I don't even know, do the Apple watches track things like sleep quality and all that these days? You know, the, my mind recently just popped up with an app to track, I think it's called mindfulness. And you know, there's the, everybody's probably seen the breathe, like take one minute to breathe that everyone like, just like swipes up when they see it. Um, (laughs) so I mean there, I think it's there, but most people bury it and don't, and don't use the Apple watch for that as a tool. They they think most people want to just shut their rings and see their steps and know the time. And that's, that's kind of what that device is known for. And I still wear mine, but mostly just as a, as the time. Um, but I'll admit like, you know, I still have the rings on the front page. Like I still like to see where my steps are at the end of the day. Um, but one thing I did do when I was in sort of recovery, really focused on recovery was I made my, um, move goal, something ridiculous, like a hundred calories. So it was just irrelevant. Like it was Mm. never something that would trigger me where, cause you're what, like, I'm sure you could turn these notifications off, but if like, you've only hit a fraction of, of your rings by the end of the day, your watch is going to ping you and shame you for that. And like, if that's not the goal and that's distracting to you, you've got to do something about that. Right. Really good right. point. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have a whoop. I don't have an aura ring. I would like an aura ring. So maybe on the Christmas list or my mm-hmm. birthday's right around the corner after that. 
because uh, I would be curious as to see how my sleep is and what that mm-hmm. is doing for sure. Um, but one thing, and I wrote a post about this a couple of last week, I think that yes, these fancy and oh, by the way, very expensive fitness trackers no are, are wonderful if they are, you know, helping you assess if what you are doing is working where maybe you need to make some improvements. However, the, the free version of this is you paying attention to your body because there are so many things like we were talking about previously that these trackers are not going to show you. They're not going to tell you about your digestion, your mood, your, um, your energy. I'm trying to think what else, uh, Mm -hmm. your hunger, your craving, your libido, not your what your libido. Yeah. That's another great one. Your cycle, Mm -hmm. any of that. So really Mm -hmm. it's, okay, how is my sleep? And then what is my, my readiness or my recovery? And that's mm-hmm. another thing that I wanted to segue into is, you know, one, what is the, the accuracy of these trackers? I have no idea. You know, are they really, are they really accurate? I don't think we have any way to fully understand that. And then are you overriding or even underwriting? If that's even a word, mm-hmm. what it is telling you. So if you wake up one day and it's like 95, but you slept great. You're ready to go, like go kill it in the gym. And you feel like absolute hell. Well, mm-hmm. maybe you should be paying more attention to what your body is telling you rather than what the fitness tracker is totally. telling you. you know? I've had nights like that where I've woken up after like a solid nine hours of sleep, 95 sleep score, and I have a throbbing headache. And mm-hmm. so what, what does one do in that scenario? Look to the piece of equipment or really pause for a minute and think like, what do I need right now? Maybe it is to slowly wake up. Maybe it is a couple cups of water. Maybe it is tea instead of coffee. Maybe I'm, I need to consider my caffeine consumption because I slept later and didn't get coffee in. And now as a result, I have a headache. I mean, there's just a lot of other things to tune into that will not show up on the device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that stress is going to have such an impact on biofeedback markers mm-hmm. and something to consider here is stress has a a lag time. So the stress that you were experiencing a couple of months ago could be showing up now. It's not the result of the lack of sleep that you got the night before. So that's another factor. I remember when I was training in person, I had a client who was a doctor and I was struggling with my health quite a bit at that time. And she and I would talk about it, you know, every so often. And I remember telling her like my hair is falling out in clumps. And I don't understand why I feel really good right now. So, you know, I'm sleeping well, I don't feel very stressed. Like I I was so frustrated and Mm -hmm. a little bit scared, I'll be honest. And she's like, well, yeah, but remember three months ago when you were an absolute stress case, (laughs) like that's now catching up with you. So that's something to consider as well. Kim, do you have experience with these tracking? No, I don't use a ton of, of, of trackers. It's not really my thing for either myself or my clients. Um, I do have people track steps. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Have you guys looked into, um, if there's research on, um, the accuracy of these kind of trackers for all of the stuff for sleep and that, look, I know we know, um, what it says about calories burned, what we say, what we know they say about step trackers that, um, you know, calories burned. Nope. They're not accurate steps. Yes, they are heart rate. Yes, they are. I don't know what these other things, do you guys know, like what research has research been done? Do we know what the body of evidence is saying? No clue. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier is we really don't know the efficacy 
of these and how accurate they are. I think they get slightly better with every iteration. Mm. However, again, just like with anything, it's, I think rather than looking at the number, you have to look at the trends, just like the fancy scale that shows you your body fat percentage that is very wrong. But if you want to use that kind of scale as a tool, it has to be in the context of like time, week over week, month over month. And so what I use my tracker for is I really like that it tracks like my, my aura ring tracker. I like that it tracks um, my HRV balance and um, my resting heart rate. And it tells me like, do I, am I chronically out of balance? Am I well above or well below my average from the last month? Because to me, that tells the better story than the number. I couldn't tell you what those numbers are, but I can tell you that my sleep has been off mostly because I've had an elevated resting heart rate. It hasn't dropped fully through the night in about two weeks. So I'm trying to solve for that. I don't care at all about the number. I just care about the trend. Mm -hmm. That's a great approach. Yeah, absolutely. Until it comes down to like, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, for me, it comes down, like when I see numbers like that, my next step is, okay, let's consider your drains, Katie, versus your charges. What is pulling from you? What is like depleting you right now? And then what, how much are you actually putting back in to your, to your bucket again? So you have energy to do the things you have to do, let alone the things that you want to do that like are above and beyond when it comes to stressors. And certainly I'm not in a diet phase right now, but I do like to lift heavy weights and I do like to get all my steps and I do run around during the day and I like to have energy. And so in order to do those things, I have to create downtime. And this is something that's been really hard for me. I've really learned to do it the last year, but I have to carve out time to just be still. And that for me has done a lot to recharge me, to make space, to continue to do the things I love, but not in an abundance, not an overabundance of them. Well, I acknowledge you for that because I know how difficult it is to do. Mm. Not you know, fun. We talked about we. I think we talked about that when you and I were doing that podcast, just the two of us, uh, mm-hmm. and, and talking about. And I was having a conversation with this or about this with a client yesterday. How sometimes we're afraid of stillness, and that in itself is a stress response. I was listening to a podcast a while back, and this woman was talking about it, and it's like we constantly keep ourselves occupied and busy because. We feel like if there is downtime, if there is silence, that there's like a monster in the closet mm-hmm. ready to pounce mm-hmm. and that feels so uncomfortable. So if we just continue to stimulate and distract, then we're like keeping that door shut and the monster is not going to pounce, even though, you know, really what's going on is it's pouncing all the time. You're just not necessarily noticing it. So, and you know, one thing I will say, cause I keep talking about biofeedback when it comes to being in a fat loss phase, but this can be true for any phase that you're in. I have not dieted for two years now. Mm -hmm. So I ended my last cut in January of 2020, you know, reverse maintained. And like I said, a couple of weeks ago, like, I think I'm more in the surplus right now. Uh, And I started for the first time in a very long time, lifting five days a week again. So I do Paul Carter's Valkyrie program and typically, and Paul did my own training uh, one-on-one for a full year before I transitioned to the group program. And it was always four days a week. So the past 10 weeks, we've been lifting five times and you take one or two sets to absolute failure with every workout. So it's three lower body days per week, two upper body days per week. I absolutely love it. 
but even though I am well fed, I've been sleeping pretty well. Uh, my legs feel like lead every mm. single day. So for the past 10 weeks, it's just like, not like extreme soreness, but just like this heaviness, mm -hmm. which is really telling me, okay, you're probably under recovering mm -hmm. in some capacity. So do I need more food? Do I just mm -hmm. not need to be like, should I not be training five days per week right now? So that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I'm going to have to assess moving forward. Cause this is the last week of this cycle. And then he's like, well, we might be doing five a day or five the next cycle for another 10 weeks. And I'm probably just going to have to wave the white flag and say, I got to go do yes. something else. You know, yeah. do you think that's going to be your next step is backing up to four days? I, I think so. Uh, I mean, you know, I love to lift, but I have a lot of other stuff going on right now. So I'm not saying that it's no longer a priority, but it is an additional stressor. And that's where I think a lot of people you know, get in, get in trouble is they are saying, well, the gym is my therapy. The gym is my stress relief. And it's like, well, it's also a huge stressor, yeah. especially if you are not doing the other things outside of it to recover. So that's why I'm saying, listen to your body soreness. Again, if you are constantly sore, something mm -hmm. ain't working, mm -hmm. you know, if you are, if your hunger is through the roof. So, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about, um, that was like Peloton challenges. So it's, you know, a lot of rides, intense rides throughout the week. And she was saying, yeah, I noticed that when I am doing more cardio, more high intensity cardio, or even just like moderate steady state, my hunger is, is through the roof. So that's something to pay totally. attention to as well. You know, like just because you want to be doing it and you think that it's benefiting you, which in some ways it is also look at all these other things that we are mentioning to see is what I am doing really working and is it serving my highest good? People get so caught up. That can be challenging for people because they, you know, we all kind of want what we want. And if what we mm -hmm. want is to be training five days right now, uh, getting the feedback from our body, like that's not what, that's not what you should be doing. You need to back it off. That can be really, that can be a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. I was going to yeah. say almost the exact same thing, Kim. And, and, and basically like people think health and healthy living is doing something like five rides a week. But in reality, health is more like your body being able to respond well to the, all of the stressors that are you're imparting on it. Right. And so if you can't recover, then maybe that's a little bit less healthy than one might think. So like, what does it look like to you? How does it feel to just do, you know, three strength training sessions a week and, and two Peloton rides instead of like five and five or whatever the programming is, um, you know, sometimes like healthy can or more healthy for you can oftentimes look like dialing things back and not ratcheting them up all the time. And I think that's mm -hmm. a misconception. Like people are like, Oh, I feel fluffy. I'm so bloated. I'm going to cut calories. When in reality, that is just like hammering the stress harder on your body. And it's going to just make it so much worse if you don't take into account, like, what can I do to recover, to refuel, to serve myself in a way that is not depleting. Mm -hmm. And I know that it can be really scary to do that because people feel like they are going to lose all their progress, gain right. a bunch of weight, whatever it is, if they take a step back. But one thing that I like to say is sometimes you need to slow down to mm -hmm. speed up. And if you're just driving yourself into the ground, you're not getting the results. You don't feel well, then you have to pay attention to that. And I know I'm a perfect example. I, I did that for 
years and years, I didn't really know what biofeedback was at that point. So I wasn't paying attention to it. And it was just more, more, more because I had to get a certain result. And then where that ended up or where that led me was to eventually have to take many steps back where I couldn't lift for a while. I could only lift two days per week and I had to reverse myself out of this hole. So I'm not saying that's like going to happen to you, but just, you know, uh, pay, pay attention because you don't want it to catch up with you before it's too late. So starting to, to listen to these signals again, hunger, energy, cravings, digestion, sleep, mood, menstrual cycle, soreness, recovery, all of that. I think remembering too, that food is not, should not be transactional. And that is so hard to get people to get out of people's heads because everybody thinks, well, this is what I'm doing for maintenance. I have to do these five workouts a week because this is how I get to eat. And it's not how you get to eat. So speaking of trackers, like it, maybe your Apple watch tells you you're burning 400 calories or, or your orange theory splat points are telling you all those calories are being burned. That's really, really not true. And if you don't do that workout today, you should still be eating the same amount of food. Mm-hmm. That's, 100%. that's just fact. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Kim, anything else you wanted to add? Um, just something that came to mind and this might be tangential, but it just came to my mind a bit ago. And I think it's, I think it's just always important to talk about when we're talking about, um, you know, finding things to help us recover um, and finding Katie was talking about, you know, having, making quiet time and space for for her. I think a lot of times people's go-to for that stuff isn't really useful. People are like, okay, I'm going to relax. And what do they do? They like lay in their bed and scroll on their phone mm-hmm. or they do what I did all last weekend. And look, that wasn't any attempt at recovering. That was like, I'm <laughs> with my friends and the show's really good. Like they like sit and binge watch a TV show. And are these things, even though in our minds, we're like taking some me time, mm-hmm. are they actually helping with our recovery? And I would say probably not. Probably not. Oh, Kim, that is a fascinating question. And again, could be a whole episode in itself. But if you're scrolling Instagram, especially late at night, you know, around uh, nine, 10 o'clock, then that bright light is going to impact your sleep. You've got the bright light. You got the constant stimulation of like all these little bits of information. You've got the like comparison thing going now. And oh, I'm resting and look, these people are like still posting or whatever it is. Like my friend gets so much done in a day and I'm not like, there's just so many problems Mm -hmm. with it. And even just the idea of TV, like, is it really that, um, is it really helping us recover? Maybe it would help us recover more if we like went for a swim or like, you know, went outside and like sat in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think one of the best things that you can do for your overall health is to get outside into nature, into the sunshine. Yeah, I I agree completely. So, and sometimes, you know, when we are binge watching shows, uh, you end up not feeling well, no, (laughs) not hating on you for, I know you only did that one for one. Yeah. It's not my go-to, but I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) say. Yeah. But if it is your, your go-to every weekend, like, let's be honest do you feel better after a full day of binging Netflix? Not no, even from a, rarely. 
<laughs> no, it, it's, it's more depleting. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but movement, movement is energy. And I am not talking, you know, go pound yourself into the ground with like some intense cardio, or hard workout, like no recover, but go and take a long leisure keyword leisurely walk yes. in nature. This is not a power walk. And it's, it's difficult for me too, because I go on a walk, you know, multiple on the trail every day. And I get a little competitive. Like it pisses me off when the person behind me is now like <laughs> passing me by. And I was like, Oh, I'll show you. He's like, no, no, no. Calm down. Like this is not a race. And yeah. So leisure walks are one of the best things you can do for your mental health, your recovery, all of that. But I do love that topic. Kate or uh, Kim. So I think that it's something that we should expand on in a future episode. Let's do it. Sure. Yeah. Anything, any other parting words before we leave? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing today to kind of help my recovery. And it's one of those things that does not take a lot of energy. It's almost like a, it's a restorative thing for me, you know, and and, uh, I love it so much and it's wrapping gifts. That's Ooh. one of the, oh my best. gosh, that, that oh. that's so funny to me. It stresses me out. Dude. Oh gosh. So interesting. I, I put on some Christmas music. I lay everything out. Um, I, and it's just, it's a mindless activity because I'll tell you what, I kind of feel like I, one of the reasons I have hard being time being still is I feel like I'm in isolation when I'm still. And that's just not, not a comfortable place for me. I think when I was a kid, like, and I was bad, I had to go to my room and be alone. So sometimes I feel like when I'm forcing myself to just sit like that, I'm like, why am I punishing myself? And so I started to find activities I like to do that are incredibly quiet, require no effort or energy on my part and are pretty mindless, but they still allow me to use my hands in some way. Mm-hmm. Wrapping gifts is one of them. Um, adult coloring books is another one of them for me. I do like those. Mm-hmm. I, I like going to the library and taking books off the shelf and looking at them and deciding like, is this something I wanna read? Is it not? Again, it's for me, I like, I have such a hard time not doing that I'm sort of finding ways to be still while doing, but the mm-hmm. doing that I'm doing is, t- is requiring no energy. If that yeah. makes, does that make sense? That's I been really that. helpful to me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I need to do more of that. I I'm not great about taking actual downtime. And I'm meeting myself my- halfway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, what used to be my therapy, so to speak was cooking, baking, mm-hmm. and I don't make the time for that anymore. And it's so sad. So I promised myself when I you know, moved into this new place and I have this like big countertop and this nice kitchen to cook in like, okay, I am going to get back to that. So hold me to it because it is something that I love to do. Cooking for other people is my love language. And I cannot believe that it is Thanksgiving next week because I mean, for a long time, I just, I ran the show. I totally took over and did everything, made everything from scratch, the rolls, the pies, the the cornbread stuffing, like you name it. The only thing I didn't do was the turkey. And now I think about it. And I said, how I was telling my mom, I was like, how did I do that? Like, cause I was still working and, you know, had a lot going on, but no capacity for that anymore. So I was like, maybe I'll make a pie. We'll see if I, if I have the time, but <laughs> well, yeah, it was so important to rest and, and do those things that bring you joy. Absolutely. And we're releasing this the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So yes. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful day with your loved ones or whoever you are spending it with. And yeah, we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.